Let's pray. Dear Lord, this morning we come to you seeking a blessing. May your Holy Spirit be in this church. May he touch hearts. And may we leave this place having been drawn closer to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's Bible study comes from 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if you've got your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to open to this very famous story, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to start in verse 1. I was very, very sad when just in the last week or two, I read in the newspapers and I saw on the television news the story of two girls in Victoria. They were only 16 years of age. They were best of friends. Apparently, they'd been best of friends for about six months. So they hadn't been friends for a real long time. And we don't know what happened. We don't know what was going on in their minds or really what was happening in their lives. But these two girls, 16-year-olds, at the start of their lives, at the start of their adult lives, they had got together and they had made a suicide pact. And as I say, we don't know what was in their hearts, we don't know what was in their minds, but obviously they had giants in their lives that they could not, that they could not handle. And the giants were so big, the mountain was so high and so insurmountable that those two girls, rather than face the giants, rather than climb the mountain, found a shady, quiet place in the bush and there, tragically, they took their lives. And if you're feeling like that today, if you're depressed, if you've got giants in your life, if there are mountains that you feel are just too high to climb, then this passage, this Bible story is for you. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1, and we're reading straight from the Bible. Verse 1, now the Philistines, the Philistines were the Israelites' blood-sworn enemies. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war. For war against who? For war against Israel and assembled at Socah in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephesus Demim, between Socah and Azkah. Saul and the Israelites, now Saul's the Israelite king, in fact he's the first king of Israel. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. There's going to be a war between these two ancient nations. The Philistines on one side, they're the baddies, The Israelites, on the other side, they're the good guys. Verse 3, the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. Now to put this story in context, for those of you who don't know your geography in Israel, this battle was fought about 25 kilometres, if you like, 12 or 13 miles west of Bethlehem. And this was one battle. Because we pick the story up in verse 4 where the Bible says, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over, look at this, he was over nine feet tall, he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armour of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Let me tell you a little bit about Goliath. He was nine feet tall. 
For those of you who don't understand feet, he was 2.74 metres tall. If Goliath lived today, he would be without doubt the tallest man on the face of the earth. To give you an idea, in China at the moment, there's a man by the name of Sun Ming Ming. That's his name. Sun Ming Ming. He is 7 foot 9 tall. He is one of the tallest men on the planet. In other words, he is 2.36 metres high. Now, if you stood Goliath next to Sun Ming Ming, remember Sun Ming Ming, this Chinese man, is one of the tallest men on the planet. If you stood them next to each other, listen to this, Goliath would be over one foot taller than this guy. That's something, isn't it? His armour, this is the armour that Goliath had on, weighed 57 kilograms. Now I'm looking at some people in our audience here this morning and you know what? His armour is heavier than some of you. Most of you would struggle to walk with the weight of Goliath's armour. But it didn't stop there. The spearhead, not the spear, just the spearhead, that's a sharp point on the end of the spear. It weighed seven kilograms. Now, if you don't think that's heavy, you go to the gym and you pick up a seven kilogram weight. Remember, that's just the spearhead without the body of the spear. This is one big, big man. This is one big, big giant. Today, we too face giants in our lives, right? And these giants, just like Goliath, that we have in our lives, they need slaying. And what I talk about for some of us, our marriages, there are giants in our marriages and we are struggling. For others of us, that giant could be unemployment. We are having difficulty finding a job. Some, it's overcoming a dark, dark sin. Oh, in almost 20 years of ministry, I've met so many people that have a sin or a habit in their lives that they cannot break this monster and it's, it, it, it's in their lives it's become an insurmountable mountain, a great giant. For some of us, it's financial difficulties. Others, loneliness, some depression. It doesn't matter what, you, what your giants are. If you are a human being, if you are living in the earth today, there's every chance that in your life there are giants just, there, just like there was in this story some time ago. 1 Samuel chapter 7, let's keep going. Verse 8 to 10. Goliath, that is this Philistine giant, he stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel. So you imagine he goes out onto the hill and he begins to shout at the Israelite army, Why do you not come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Saul was the king of Israel. Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your servants and subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Not only was Goliath defying Israel, Goliath was defying Israel's God. He was mocking Israel. He was mocking Israel's God. And that challenge that Goliath, that he threw out that day 3,000 years ago, that challenge was a real one and it was a part of the tradition. It was a part of the way of the Philistines and perhaps even the Israelites. You know, they believe that the Greeks are the descendants 
of the Philistines. And you may not realise this today, but the ancient Greeks would sometimes decide to fight battles through a champion. Now there's good reason for that, because if you have two champions from each army fight, then what does that mean? Well, a lot less people are going to die. And this was often the approach they would use. Let's pick the story up in verse 11. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Saul was the king. And it says, the Bible says here that Saul, the king, the man who should have been leading them, he was terrified. And because he was terrified, the entire army was terrified. And I want to tell you that still goes today. If the leader is terrified, then the soldiers, the followers will be terrified. And they, they should have remembered, Saul especially should have known that he served God. And he served a powerful God. He served a living God. And the God that Saul served would have given him the battle, would have given him the victory if he had trusted in that God, if he had had courage, if he'd strapped on his sword and gone out and fought Goliath, God would have given Saul the victory. But he was a coward. He didn't trust God. He didn't have a relationship that was working. And sometimes with giants in our battle, we find the same thing. We don't trust God enough to take the giant on. We're not sure we can win. And so rather than fight, we retreat. And Israel should have known better. Look at this text, this promise God gave Israel in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 1 through to 4. This is what God had told Israel when they go to battle. This is the promise that the living God had given them. Verse 1. When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them, because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. Verse 2. When you're about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. Verse 3. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Is that not a great promise? Isn't that a promise that Saul should have grabbed hold of? He knew this promise. He had read it. It was in his heart, but he did not believe it. And I want to tell you with some of the giants that you have in your lives that you think can't be fought, that can't be defeated, you need to take promises like this and you need to grab hold of them and you need to go into battle against those giants and you need to believe that God will deliver you. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17. This is where the story hots up. Now Jesse, who's Jesse? He's a father who has some sons down at the battlefield. Now Jesse said to his son, his youngest son, who was too young to fight, who was still at home, out in the fields looking after the sheep. Now Jesse said to his son David, this boy, he said, take this ephah, that's about 21 litres, of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. He's a young shepherd boy. 
And his father, Jesse, who has boys fighting the battle, says, take this food to the camp. Check that your brothers are okay. This is a war. I want some assurance that things are still okay. Now, now like young boys are, I can imagine that David was excited to go to the battle. You don't see him arguing, say, I don't want to go. In fact, as you read the text, you get a feeling that he's eager. He wants to go. He can't wait to get to the battle. And so what happens? Oh, this is very, very interesting. And one of the great stories of the Bible, one of the stories that my own children love me to tell in worship. Verse 20. Let's catch this story. Early in the morning. You see, he's keen to go. He's eager. Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out, as Jesse, his father, had told him to. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. What an exciting time for a young boy. He reaches the camp just as they're headed out. The Bible says Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines to face each other. David is excited. Oh, this is when he wanted to arrive. They are headed out. There's going to be a confrontation. His eyes lit up. His heart began to beat. I imagine the blood's pumping in his veins. He says, I've got to get there. I've got to get out there. I've got to see what's happening. This could be once in a lifetime chance. And so what does he do? Verse 22. David left his things, and you can imagine him throwing the bread and the cheese. He left his things with the keeper of supplies. Here you keep them. Verse 22, and he ran. He didn't walk. He didn't idle his way. The Bible says he ran to the battle lines and he greeted his brothers who were not happy to see the little brother. And as he was talking with his brothers, the Bible says, Goliath, here he is, the giant, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted and shouted his usual defence and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. David sees the challenge. He sees the giant. He sees the fear and the terror on the faces of the Israelite soldiers and it has an immediate impact on this young shepherd boy. Verse 25. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? This, little, this young boy, he's listening. He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. David's ears prick up. There's a reward for killing Goliath. There's a reward for killing this giant and this young boy who had never been tested in battle says to himself, I think I might like that reward. Now I want to tell you something today. For those of you who sit here this morning with giants in your heart, there is a reward if you choose to go to battle and slay them. That reward comes from God. You will have victory, but there is a reward. It might be an improved marriage, praise God. It might be a new job, hallelujah. It might be that you overcome a sin or a habit that you have had in your life for decades. Wonderful. Praise his name. 
But whenever you go to battle against the giants in your life that should not be there, that are defying you and are defying the God of heaven who lives inside of you whenever you go to battle with them, not only does God promise that you will have victory, that you will slay those giants, but he also says, hey, there is a reward. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? There is a reward. And there was a reward in this story that happened so long ago. Verse 31, David begins to talk. And I don't know exactly how it went, but I can imagine him saying, I think I can take that giant out. The soldiers start to look at this boy. Who are you? He says, yeah. He said, I I can take that giant out. I can get the reward. Give me a chance. Let me at him. I'll take him on right now. The soldiers think, you're crazy, boy. And word starts to get around. Verse 31, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him. Saul should have been fighting the battle himself. He was the king. He was the leader. But he would not face his demons. He would not face his giant. He would not climb his mountain. He was looking for someone else to do it. And I see that happening too much in people's lives today. Where they have these giants, they have their mountains in their, their lives. They need to fight them. They need to climb it. And they try to get everybody else to do it but themselves. If that's you tonight, have a good look at King Saul. He sends for a boy to fight his battle. A boy. And this is what happens. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. No worries, let me at him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. And he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off sheep from the flock, I went after it, I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion, both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Not only was David willing to fight, he had fought giants before. Now think about that in your life. If you want to fight and you want to fight successfully, it helps if you've fought and slain giants in your life before. He had taken out a bear, he had taken out a lion, he said, let me at this giant, I'll take him out in the name of God as well. And so when these giants are in your life and they need fighting and they need to be slain, you need to fight. Because every time you slay a giant in your life, every time you climb a mountain, it makes the next mountain you climb, the next giant you fight, it makes the fight just that little bit easier. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 38 and 39. This story reaches a crescendo. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Listen, fight in your own armour. Fight with God in your heart, your battle, yourself. 
Verse 40, then he took his staff in his hand, he chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch of his shepherd bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. He took five stones. A lot of people wonder, why did he take five stones? I've heard, I can't prove this, but I've heard that the Bible says, in some obscure place, tried to find it, and to be honest, I couldn't, that Goliath had four brothers. So if Goliath and four brothers, you have how many stones? Five, this boy's ready for battle. He's not scared. Bring it on. Bring it on. He's ready to fight. Verse 41, Meanwhile the Philistine with his shield bearer, this is Goliath in front of him, kept coming close to the David. He saw a challenge and he starts to walk toward him. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. Don't worry if the giant despises you. Don't worry if the giant mocks you. Take him on anyway. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Yeah, giants can be scary. They can threaten us. It seems that we may be defeated. We may even die. David's life was under threat, but with courage he moved forward, and with courage we need to move forward and slay our giants. Verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. Oh, we need to talk to our giants like this. But I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. Oh, he's talking, he's preaching to this giant. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He says, not only am I going to beat you, Goliath, but we're going to defeat your army today. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear. One of the great texts of all scripture. All those gathered here today will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Goliath curses. David answers him back. He says, I'm coming to fight in God's name and we need to learn to fight our giants in the name of God. And what happens? Here it is. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out just one stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Look at this. David ran over and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from its scabbard. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Victory, victory, victory. Not only did he kill the giant, he goes over and he cuts his head off. In conclusion, why did he cut his head off? He cut his head off to make sure he wouldn't get up again. Whatever the giants are in your life, no matter what you face this morning, Take them on in the name of God. Get on your knees and ask the Lord to help you to overcome. Fight the battle. And the same God that was in David's heart, the same God that gave David victory will give you victory. You will slay your giants. 
You will slay the sins that beset you. You will slay the doubts. You will slay the darkness. And like David, you will be a man or a woman of victory. This morning, I wish that experience for you. Lord Jesus, we have giants in our lives. We have darkness. We have weaknesses. Help us to know that through you, with your power, as we call on your name, there's no giant too strong. There's no mountain too high that we cannot climb. Please, Lord, give us victory where we've had defeat. Give us courage where there's been cowardice. And through you, may we be victorious as David was of old. We pray in your name. Amen.